Well, we've had this series of Church Rewired, taking these different sayings, these different realities that we can come at in many different ways. And these ways can breathe life and they can breathe destruction and pain. But what does the Lord say about some of these things? What does scripture say about some of these things? How are we supposed to approach something like Jesus loves you in a way that conveys Jesus actually does love you, along with many other things. And so this morning, we're going to hit one that I heard growing up. You may not heard it exactly in this wording. You may have uh, heard, heard the concept of this. But as Christians, we are to what? Forgive, right? It's part of the deal. Forgiveness is part of love. Love that doesn't carry forgiveness is not love. It's only peace. So forgiveness is, is huge. It's heavy. How many of you can think of someone, I'm going to get real right away, can think of someone on your hearts or mind that you have been working to forgive or need to forgive? Other than me. <laughs> All right. Okay. Is it challenging? Yes. Does it give you an appreciation for what Jesus did on the cross? I sure hope so, and if not, I hope it does now. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But growing up, I heard in different areas of influence, because I grew up in the church, so you hear different theological ideas of who Jesus is, but one of them is, when I had a tough time, there were certain people I went to to share, and I would get cut off at the pass and say, you got to forgive and forget, or forgive and move on, which really means Don't go through process, avoid the conflict, and Jesus is on the throne, which we've talked about, right? I mean, these come together. Jesus is on the throne, so let's just go be about our merry way and not deal with conflict in a way that Jesus taught us to deal with conflict. Now, that's how I took it. Forgive and forget. Fooey. I'm emotionally charged this morning, so I'm just going to go right out the gates. It's fooey. Because forgiveness in the process to get to forgiveness is part of your testimony. And if you were to forget that, guess what? You got no testimony. So can we agree forgive and forget is fooey? <laughs> it's fooey. I'm going to say it right now. I'm not going to save it to the end. <laughs> it's fooey. And it's one that puts you in a people-pleasing state and less of a relationship state. Because now you're trying to make decisions that will avoid conflict because we don't, are not encouraged to go through the process of forgiveness the way it's meant to go. We take for granted, we do, that Jesus has forgiven all sins of all people of all time. Jesus has given forgiveness on the cross from all sins to all people for all time. Now think about how many sins that we've committed in our life and will continue to, and those are forgiven. I have enough trouble forgiving one against me. When someone offends me, I get riled up. And it can be all over the scale, from traffic to Abuse and betrayal. 
But the process is the same in that you have to go to the cross first. Because I want you to hear this. I don't know if this is right, but it feels right, and I'm going to say it anyways. Forgiveness is directly linked and related to your value. It's all about value. Because you are forgiven because Jesus, what? He loves you. It speaks of your value. When we forgive others, it speaks of the love God has for us and for other people because when we forgive, we are loving them not through our own eyes and through our own offenses, but through the eyes of Jesus Christ. So do you see how that is tied to your value and the value of God's people? Can you see that? Forgiveness is offered because we are of great worth. And no matter what someone has done to us, We are to come to a place through the process, working it through, that we extend that forgiveness to them because of our love for them, because of our love for God. Easier said than done. I can lay that out real nice and thick, and it sounds beautiful, but it's very hard. One of the things that we forget, or we don't pay enough attention to, when we look in Matthew 6, and Jesus' disciples, what do they say? How do we pray? basically what they say. We want to know how to pray. And Jesus says this, this is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We all know this Thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth. that is in heaven. Give us a day, our daily bread. And this should be, can you, uh, Mark, do this with me here? This is not, it's like broken. Can you go to the next slide? Oh, technology hates me. All right, there we go. We good? So give us today our daily bread and forgive our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Verse 14. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Whoa! How many grew up saying that when you said the Lord's Prayer? Anybody? Some did, right? I didn't. Forgiveness is in the Lord's Prayer. And then, hey, reminder here, do you think it's important? See, Scripture doesn't repeat things just to be repetitive. It repeats things because they're important. They're vital. It's life. Imagine not having a major organ in your body. Some of you may, like my pancreas, done, right? And so you've got to have something to take that place. But when you're talking about the things of the Spirit, where you're talking about what God gives you for life, you can't replace those things. They're a necessity for life. Forgiveness is a necessity for life. And it's one of the hardest things we will ever do, and it has to be a conscious decision every single day. When Jesus says, this is what you should pray every day, it's because it's a process. It's not something you just get over and forget. It's truly not. Now, to forgive means to no longer carry the offense that someone has upon you. That means to no longer carry that. And what I mean by that is, You're no longer carrying the resentment, the frustration, the anger, the rage, the contempt, all the different scenarios in your head of how you'd probably want to see them end up, right? We've all been there. 
the bad things we want to see happening. Forgiveness is about letting those go. Does it mean you forget the process you got, that got you there? No, because if you forget that, then how are we as disciples of Christ supposed to disciple other people in the way of forgiveness if we just forget about how the process happened? And the process starts with Jesus, and then the offense happens to us, and then we look at Jesus, and then now I have a model of how we are to be ushered into a place of forgiving those people. That seems, I'm not an intelligent guy by the world's standards probably, but that seems to me like remembering some of those things are very important. When I, when I hear testimonies of people that have been through terrible things and have terrible things done to them and how they got to the place of forgiveness, that teaches me something. That shows me the power of God in someone's life and that I can get to a place of forgiveness. There's no forgetting there. They may have let go of the offense, but the experience is there. You can't forget the experience. Now, some may say, well, the forgive and forget mentality is about forgetting the offense. No, not how I was told. I was told, just forget about the whole thing. Do any of you have family members where it's like you'll get in a scuff and they'll pretend nothing ever happened? Does anyone have that? Maybe that's you. I don't know. Man, I had some family members where I'd be like, I want to process this stuff. And they just, you know, they're like, everything's right as rain. And I'm like, you serious? There's an elephant the size of Saturn in this room, and you're going to tell me it's not there? <laughs> like, really? So again, forget, forgive, forget. Fooey. I like that word this morning. It's fooey. Forgiveness is intentional. It just gets me choked up because when I think about Jesus, and I'm telling you, you, anytime you go on any kind of mission trip where you see poverty on a level you don't see here, it always strikes a chord. Um, too often, though, we go to pity when you've got these, these kids that are just excited about life, and we pity them instead of go, what can I learn from them? You know, um, obviously there's needs. I don't want to dismiss that. But the countenance about them. And I immediately, seeing that leads me straight to Jesus all the time. Straight to Jesus. Now think about the life of Jesus. Think about a guy who everyone was, that was the religious sect, if you will, in that time was against him. And he was betrayed by his closest in multiple ways. Judas gets the worst rap, but hey, Peter did the same thing. Peter, James, and John at the garden, what did they do? They fell asleep. Peter disowned Jesus three times. Did Jesus forget that? No, he didn't. He came back and re, uh, reinstated him. Did he carry the offense? No, but he remembered the experience because it was important for Peter. But I think about Jesus Forgiveness is not something that just comes easy. And I don't even think it really just comes easy to God. I think there is a lot of emotional stuff there. Because Jesus says this in Luke 23, 34, when he's on the cross, what does he say? Father, he's pleading. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Now, forgiveness just came so easy. Why did he have to to declare a request. 
Because really, we should have gotten something we didn't deserve. Or, or gotten some, we should have gotten something we deserved. And Jesus is standing or sitting or laying on the cross and he's saying, God, please forgive them for they can't see, and this is how I interpret it, their value. They can't, they can't see what I see. They can't, they can't see it. So God, I'm pleading with you, forgive them. Through me, through this sacrifice, provide them forgiveness. Now, of course, God knows that, but it's not something that you just turn on a light and you turn it off. We think forgiveness just comes so easy that it should be this thing that's like fast food spirituality and forgive and forget and move on. No, if we don't get forgiveness, we will not get God. We will not understand or begin to understand the power of the love he has for us. Because when you forgive someone, when you go through the process, you're being intentional. You're saying that who Jesus is in you is of the greatest value because all your energy is going to be intentional to releasing someone from their offense. That's hard work. I can think of two people in my life that every day I work so hard to go through the process of allowing Jesus' love to become complete in my own heart so that I can look at them through his eyes and not what they've done to me. It's so hard. And I love Jesus. I love him so much. But there are times that my pain is greater than my love for him. I hate saying that, but that's the truth. Because what happens is when someone creates an offense to you, towards you, they take something from you. They've taken it, and it gets you mad, and you're upset, and you're hurt. But guess what? They can never take from you who you are in Christ Jesus, and that's the hope of glory that we have, that that never changes the love of God in our lives. Never, ever, 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 let me say another ever, ever changes. So what can man do against me? I want to get there. I'm not there. I'm probably not even close to getting there, but I am working hard to get to there. And I'm not talking about tasks and deeds. I'm talking about heart and soul work with the Lord, giving up certain things so that I can see my value that when an offense comes, even abuse, I was sexually abused. And that took me years to get to a point to even talk about, let alone forgive. But the more I give space for Jesus to do work in my life and see that they didn't take anything from me because Jesus is eternal in my heart. And I am not going to forget that. Forgive and forget is fooey. Did I say that again already? Well then, but we have a passage, though, that would challenge us, maybe. We look in Hebrews 8, and the writer's talking about the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And the Lord goes through this spiel about what he's going to bring in the new covenant. And the last line here is, for I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. And if we are to model ourselves after Jesus, it would be like, well, if someone sins against us, I don't remember it. I forgive and I what? Forget. 
But when we look closely at this passage, it's not what it's saying. What it's saying is that forgiveness of sins will be an everlasting truth and reality in our lives. Meaning that Jesus is, God's no longer going to hold the offense against us because forgiveness is provided through Jesus. And that's eternal. It's not about forgetting that it's happened. It's about no longer carrying the pain and the hurt from it. We're released of that. But we know it happened because it led us to a greater place in our relationship with Jesus. So I would say this. It's not about forgive and forget. It's about revisiting the fruit of forgiveness. But not reliving the offense. Let me say that again. It's about revisiting the fruit of forgiveness. Not about reliving and reliving the offense. Because what we see in the fruit of forgiveness. Whose lives, raise your hand if your life has been changed by forgiveness. Ha! Let me ask you, do you forget how you got there? No, right? Because then you wouldn't be able to raise your hand. And I would love to see a world where everyone, when asked, has your life been changed by the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, is jumping on their chairs, freaking out, because it's the most unbelievable thing, because it is a statement of the love of God in your life. It is a statement of your value. Forgiving and forgetting is not God honoring. Forgiving and going through the process of forgiveness, being intentional about going to the feet of Jesus, saying, I don't know how to let go of this offense. That's honoring to the Lord because you've invited him in it because scripture says Jesus is the only one that can forgive. You cannot forgive unless he is forgiven first and given you the power and the authority through the Holy Spirit to forgive, which he has. That is God honoring. So, if you've lived a life where you just haven't processed the things that have happened to you because of this understanding that your call is to forgive and move on, to me, and what I see in Scripture, that's a lie. You meet Jesus in that place, he'll show you how to forgive, and then you can stand up here and go, look what forgiveness did to my life. I will not forget it. I will honor Jesus by honoring the process and going through it. It's messy. It's terrible at times. But the life it produces is the life that we brag about and what quote-unquote evangelists are supposed to be preaching. Man, I'm fired up right now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Let's look at the marriage relationship. I can think of times, man, where I upset Shanna. I offended her. She offended me. So what does forgiveness look like in that? And I bring up this scenario so you can have a clear picture. You don't give up and you don't go, well, let's just forget and move on because now you're isolating yourselves and you're avoiding the big issues that you don't want to talk about because it's hard work. And some of us like physical hard work, but the emotional hard work is much harder than physical labor because it affects your physical, it affects everything. And I'm telling you, in relationship, you cannot avoid these things and you cannot hold on to them without talking to them because then it creates a gap in the relationship. 
And then guess what happens? You, you end up having to go marriage, marriage counseling, all these different things. And those things are good. Don't get me wrong. But you're going through all these things because you don't know how to meet with Jesus and hit the conflict because you're just forgiving, forgetting. But that's not forgiveness. You know, we joke, but sometimes, like, I've been married eight years. And for someone that's been married 40 years, that's not a long time. But when you talk about going through the emotional roller coaster of good, healthy forgiveness and conflict, eight years feels like 50 years. So for those of you that have been married 40 years, it feels like 200 years. But do you get my meaning? It cannot be swept under the rug any longer. If you want to see a world changed, as I know we do, then we have to model and disciple others in what a healthy process of forgiveness looks like. And we don't have all the answers of all the little nooks and crannies, but we have Jesus. As said last week, we've got Jesus, and he's enough. And he will navigate us through those waters. He will navigate us through the intentionality of process through forgiveness, and you will see your life change, and you'll see that person's life change. This is really hard, and it's kind of scary. Right now, I'm actually shaking in my boots, thinking about what Lord is going to lead me into in the coming weeks with a particular person in my life that I loathe. And I will be honest with you, and I will tell you that. I do not like them. I love them out of obligation. That's what it feels like. So that's my confession to you. I've got my own work to do in this. How many have work to do in this? Okay, so as the church, the bride of Christ, let's do it together. Let's encourage one another. Let's be an example, the true city on the hill, of what good forgiveness looks like. Healthy forgiveness. So I end with this. Forgive and forget is fooey. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the space ugh, to just let her rip and to experience you in ways we need to, not just want to, but need to. Sometimes we don't recognize our needs, but you do. So I pray that you would hit those needs right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we, we need you in this moment of where we contemplate the people in our lives that we need to forgive. And maybe it's, we need to ask forgiveness from. But whatever it may be, would your grace and mercy through your Holy Spirit saturate us as we go through this process. Just completely saturate us. Help us to be intentional. Help us to see that you are all that matters that you are enough, and we may not have all the answers we want, but the, the answer is you in all situations because you will breathe life and you will take us where we need to go. And we will say what we need to say when we are abiding in you. We will do what we need to do. I pray that we would be known, not as Bridgewood Community Church, but as your church, a church family that knows how to forgive and not to avoid it. Not to avoid the hard conversations, but to step into it. 
to allow ourselves to be immersed in the grace and mercy that comes from forgiveness. Through your son, Jesus Christ, who shed all on the cross, who pleaded on our behalf, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. Thank you, Lord. As we enter this time of offering, we give to you what is yours. Without fear, without anxiety or worry, but knowing we have you and you have us. And that you would use it for the expansion of your kingdom so that everyone would know the forgiveness of Jesus Christ and the love that you have for us. So as we worship, may we worship in spirit and truth without fear, but a sense of thankfulness and joy. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.